Welcome to the I Hope Sillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. Jeff, you want to talk about dreams? We saw minor league players fulfill their dream of becoming major league players this week in the system. We saw high school. Who? I haven't heard. We saw high school and college players uh, fulfilling their dream of being drafted. Who got promoted? A uh, guy named Adam Hazley. Oh. We, we talked to him a few times. Yeah. Uh, quick rise. Spent about five games in Lehigh Valley with the Iron Pigs, I think. A lot quicker than they had planned. Yes. So for people who are not patient people, and you know who you are, um, this was not the plan. They didn't plan on McCutcheon suffering a season-ending injury. So you're going to have to be patient with Adam Hazley. Okay, but defensively, he's been fine so far. Yep. Struggled a little bit at the start at the plate. Well, but in one game. In one game, but in game two, had the game-winning RBI double, double mm-hmm. uh, and scored a run. Uh, look, it, it, it's not the plan. Obviously, when you started the season, you had a double Herrera. You had, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, keep trying. I lose everything. <laughs> you, you had a full outfield. You had Aaron Altair there. You, yep. You, you had have Nick Williams you there. You had Roman Quinn, who is yeah. healthy, and now you don't, and so you have Adam well, Hazley. Roman, the rumor is is that Roman, Roman is now running in extended spring training. Now, I know everybody's going to go, woohoo. That just means that he's going to come up and get injured three games later. He may be an integral piece to this now. Does your thought that they put Adam Hazley back down when they activate Roman Quinn? Or what do you think the mindset of the team is right now? I think they're going to play it by ear. I think they're going to see how this goes. I think they're going to see whether or not they can survive with Jay Bruce in the outfield. Uh, I will tell you that Jay Bruce hit a ground ball today, and he hustles. So let me make premise it with that. Um he is the slowest runner I have ever seen. We sacrificed a little speed losing McCutcheon, you're saying? Yeah. I mean, look, he's he's shown pop already, but uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to see how Hazley adjusts to this. And if Hazley adjusts to this, I mean, if people are expecting Austin Riley, who the Braves brought up and has just been insanely good, that's not Hazley's game. He's not going to hit 40 home runs. So he's a guy that's... More a doubles machine type guy than... Yeah, he's a gap hitter um and the other thing about him and the thing that i that i'm happy about is i always look for the eyes i literally look to see whether or not they got the deer in the headlights look. he didn't he doesn't he looked like yeah. he belonged he, even when even when he was struggling in his first couple at bats he didn't look overmatched mm-hmm. and, and that, i think that's an important thing it's only the first of many important things you still have to have the skill and actually execute but after two games you can't be screaming the sky is falling and by the way there's still in first place they are still in first yeah. place uh lots of injuries to deal with yeah. but let's let's go to the future uh, that they chose the last few days let's talk about the draft a little bit what happened so they drafted two shortstops, one in the first round, one in the third round. And that didn't surprise you because you had tweeted out from our account that morning that you thought they would take who they ended up drafting in the first round. I, I had targeted four guys. Three of them were shortstops. One of them was a catcher. The catcher got taken before the Phillies picked 14th. But this was the particular shortstop. Bryson Stott is a more mature shortstop. He's a college player uh, from UNLV. He's a big guy for a shortstop. 
up. He's 6'3", uh, and he, in his sophomore year, he batted 365, had a 998 OPS, four home runs, 32 RBIs, 61 runs. And here's the impressive part of this, 32 walks and only 18 strikeouts. He's already got a relationship with Bryce Harper, too, being out in Las Vegas. They know each other. Workout buddy. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that, that, that can't hurt at all. Uh, what other picks got your attention and what the Phillies did? And were there any strategies they employed this year that you thought were different from past years or that surprised you? No, I, th- I think with the first couple picks, they went with shortstops because there's a dearth of shortstops in the system right now. Uh, I, we know about the shortstop Garcia, who's at Lakewood, but he is a long-term project. He's he's a babe in the woods as far as age, uh, and he is not hitting. We'll talk about that in a second. But the second shortstop that they took is a, a more of a project. I don't think he's going to be a shortstop by the time he gets to the majors, or even if he gets when he gets to double A. Where do you think he's going to end up playing? I think he's going to be a second baseman or a third baseman. Now, he did pretty well. He played for a Division One state champ in Virginia. He was batted 412, seven home runs, and 21 RBIs. But Stott is a guy that they expect to stick at the position and be able to play it well. Let's... Anything else on the draft before we go to the week that was in the system? There was one, which is in the fifth round, they took a pitcher named Gunnar Meyer from San Joaquin Delta College, a right-handed pitcher. Big guy, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, from everything I've seen with the scouting reports, he has the tools to be an elite pitcher. But there's a catch to this. He's still learning to pitch because he only recently became a pitcher. He was an infielder. So he's a project, but he, he has, has potential in the eyes of the scouts. Yeah, but look, it's always a crapshoot with pitchers. Unless you're unless you're drafting Steven Strasburg, it's it's something that you just don't know. I will say I thought it was cool that the Blue Jays took Roy Halladay's son in the 32nd round. Obviously, his number was 32. He played for the Blue Jays before the Phillies. Um, he, did he was selected he, in the same round as his father. He did say he's going to continue playing at Penn State, but one of those feel-good stories, a uh, little Phillies tie there. Mm-hmm. Anything else on the draft or go for the last one? No, I, th- I, think, I think the next move that we have to talk about is the guy that they already acquired, who we got to talk to a couple weeks ago, which is the kid from New Zealand, Kyle Glogowski. You mean the new all-star for this? The only South Atlantic League all-star uh, for Lakewood is Kyle. Um, Kyle pitched again yesterday in one of these morning baseball games. Um, Can you imagine playing in a 9.35 start or a 10.35 start? I don't know if you saw. I, I had a little discussion going on on Twitter with uh, all the announcers about what their morning coffee routine was, and they all seemed to have one. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they all had to be prepared, but tell me what yeah. you saw with Kyle this week. Well, Kyle, once again, this was his second start. It's a sixth game, but because of the way they have this 10-starter thing, he doesn't get to start a lot yet. He pitched five in efficiently 66 pitches, two hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts. Here's the amazing part of this guy so far. His season stats now have him at six games, two games started, 22 and a two-thirds innings pitched, 39 strikeouts, only 10 hits, only six balls, and a .76 ERA. Yeah, that ratio will get you promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk bats real fast. Ben Pelletier continues to show power, six home runs. He had a six home run the other day. Average still struggles a little bit. A little Gar- bit. He's Mendoza line. You mentioned Garcia also. Uh, he's gotten a little time at second, but his hitting, y- you note, isn't progressing. Tell me about those two. 
He's batting 196 with only an OPS of 539. Uh, interesting, and I'm not quite sure. We haven't had a chance to talk to anybody uh, from the Philly system yet about this. Garcia's playing a lot of second base, and he's supposed to be a whiz at shortstop. Now, they have this kid, Guzman. Is that just I, versatility that they're looking for that Josh Boniface talked with us about? Or I don't know. There's a lot of versatility going on in the system. They're trying guys at positions I would never th- – we talked to Madison Stokes at, in spring training. Madison Stokes is a big guy. He's a first baseman by trade. They've tried him at third base a little bit. He's done okay. But oddly, they had him at second base a couple games ago. And by the way, while we're talking a little bit about Clearwater, who's in third place right now, but only five games back at Dunedin, um, we'd be remiss in not mentioning Jake Shiner. Jake Schneiner was the guy who was traded for Jay Bruce. Uh, he we're still going to try to talk to him. At yeah, some point. He, he was. We were scheduled uh, to talk to him in the coming weeks. He's a, he's a guy who is a third baseman. Has done very well at, at Lakewood. Was really coming into his own. Uh, we wish him, lo- you know, the best of luck. And who knows, maybe someday he'll be back with the Phillies. Absolutely, Jeff. You were out at Reading last weekend. Tell me what you got to talk about. We'll go to the interview, and then we'll come back and talk more Reading leading into the game? Well, first, I did get to spend some time with Penny. Of course. And if you didn't see, check out our Twitter account because there's a great picture of Penny after her hard work sleeping on the pitcher's mound before the game. I think you're jealous. <laughs> I did go talk to her a little bit. But uh, th- t- we got to talk to Connor Brogdon, who will will run his interview in the next couple weeks. And we also got a chance to talk to former major leaguer and now pitching coach at AA, Aaron Fultz, who is an incredibly knowledgeable guy. And we got to talk to him about specifics with some of his pitchers and what he's working on and just general his journey through the minor leagues. Let's go to that interview. All right, we're here on Saturday at America's Classic Ballpark with Aaron Fultz, pitching coach for the Reading Fightins. Aaron, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. So, Aaron, uh, what's it been like being the pitching coach of Reading this year? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, in all honesty, my only complaint's been the weather so far. We've had a, a lot of rain and, you know, cold and wet days so far early in the season but uh, other than that it's been great so last year you were at Clearwater a lot of the guys that you coached there last year are now here what's the difference you mentioned the weather well today's perfect so but what's the difference in preparation if there is any uh there's not a whole lot of difference uh in preparation i mean it's just uh, maybe a little bit more in detail some of the things uh, but you know this level is just you know there's just more talent I mean or more uh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for more developed talent mm-hmm. you know so it's uh, just about more about execution maybe a little bit more detail you've been with the Phillies organization uh, several stints um, what have you noticed about the Phillies organization as far as the family atmosphere oh, it's been great I mean it's uh, I played with them in 05 and 06. Then I started coaching with them in 2012. And, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, when I came back to coaching and, you know, David Montgomery came down to spring training and, you know, it was he knew everything about me. I mean, it was, you know, it was just like coming home, uh, to be honest. And that was a, a very pleasant surprise for me. So not, o- not only have you been a coach here and been a player here, uh, a couple of years ago, the Phillies signed your son. What was that experience like? Uh, it was really cool. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was, I hate to say it was a shot in the dark, but uh, they gave him a chance. And 
and he pitched okay, uh, but it was really cool to see. And he was actually in the Gulf Coast League, and I was in Clearwater, so I got to you know see him pitch, you know, quite a few times. It was really really cool. Did you get to coach your son when he was younger? Uh, uh, some as much as he would let me. Uh, Dad didn't really know much until he got to be, you know, 17, 18 as far as baseball. So uh, so I, I got to coach as much as he would let me. <laughs> did he let you drive him home afterwards or did mom drive him home? Uh, no, I always, <laughs> always drove him home. Um, when you were with the uh, – when you were in the major leagues, you were with the Twins for a while. And I heard that when you were with the Twins – uh, that you had started a tradition there with regard to the youngest guy on the team or the most, the least experienced guy on the team. Uh, I don't know if I started that one. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though. I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, you know, I was, I came up with the Giants, right. and I was with them for three years, and I was the youngest man in the bullpen for all three years I was there. So uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's just a. Uh, I don't even know how to explain what it is, but it's just basically a candy bag or the bullpen goodie bag just to take care of all the veterans, whether it be, you know, we need Advil or gum or candy or seeds or whatever, just the youngest guy and the, the bullpen's responsible for it. And the Giants had you do that for three years? For three years. Okay, sure so, did. so when, before there was a bag, I heard that there was a wagon involved. Uh, I never had the wagon. Uh, In Minnesota? I didn't have the wagon in Did Minnesota. Did you give somebody else the wagon? I think the uh, older guys of the bullpen voted, and, and I think it became a wagon at times. Uh, when I had it at first, it was uh, it was either a pink backpack or a, a very uh, light-colored backpack. Um, the second year, same thing. And the third year, they just told me to go get my own. So it wasn't funny anymore because it was my third year doing it. <laughs> so as long as I had all the stuff they needed, they were fine. But I heard when you went to Minnesota that Grant Balfour was the guy who got the backpack, but he got it after the wagon. Correct. Yeah. That, that, that is true. How did he react to having to pull the wagon and then they have the Barbie backpack? Uh, it's all in good fun. I yeah. mean, it was, you know, it's – I'm not going to say it's an honor to do something like that, uh -huh. but it's it's you know it's all you know a good laugh, and you know you just got to pay your dues. Well, there always seems for people that don't aren't in the bullpen, you always look into the bullpen, and the guys seem like they're having a good time. There seems to be a camaraderie among guys in a bullpen. What is it about the bullpen that that brings that about? Uh, well, I mean, you've got to be a little bit different to be in the bullpen. Uh, you got to look at the games a different way, and and you've got to be ready and you know within a minute's notice um so you know we always had a good time in the bullpen we always were prepared as far as what was going on as well uh it's just a different mentality because everything happens so quickly it does it help with the guys in the bullpen if they have a role or or is it something that you literally just have to have the mentality that the second the game starts you have to be ready to come in I think it can go both ways. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, you know, when I played, we had a setup guy who was the eighth inning guy. We had a closer who was the ninth inning guy. And then we had different guys to bridge that gap to them. Uh, I mean, is it easier? It, it may be easier, but now we we find closers are, are the best relievers pitching in the most high leverage situations. So, I mean, they don't know what inning they're going in, but they know what situation types they're going in. You can usually kind of follow along with it. I mean, I mean, I think it can go both ways. 
We've talked to David Parkinson earlier this year. He seems to be one of those guys that people call a thinking man's pitcher. Um, how has it been coaching David Parkinson? Uh, it's been really good and very frustrating both. Uh, what, first the good. Well, the good is it's it's fun watching. You know, he, like you said, he's, he thinks a lot. He has a plan. Uh, you know, it's just sometimes the plan doesn't always work out the way you want it to, and be able to to adjust and and evolve from from pitch to pitch. Uh, but watching him succeed, I mean, he's 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 a guy that his the overall sum of his stuff probably isn't you know the top ten or whatever. But you know, he knows how to pitch. He has deception. Uh, he's a bulldog out there. So what's the frustrating part? The frustrating part is he's very hard on himself because he is such a thinker. So, you know, there'll be times where he throws an okay pitch and he's kind of mad at himself. Uh, not so much in the game, but just when we're getting our work down, done in the bullpens and side work and stuff like that to where he's very, uh, I'm going to say pessimistic, just negative because he expects perfection when, you know, that's really not going to be achieved in this game. One of the other guys that you're now getting to coach is JoJo Romero. Last year we talked to Steve Schrank and JoJo about the fact that JoJo appears to have this plethora of pitches. Uh, is it hard to get a guy who is that talented, who has that many pitchers, pitches to focus on just using his best pitches? Yeah, it is. When I had him, uh, I want to say two years ago, three years ago in the Florida State League, I had him for just a half a season. And, you know, at that point, he had five pitches. And I actually talked to, you know, a scout or, you know, some of our front office people, and they're like, well, we need to subtract, you know, a pitch or two. I'm like, sure, which ones you want to subtract? I mean, they're all good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I need to tell him, you know, which pitches to, to, to subtract because, you know, my thought process is if he has conviction in the pitch and confidence in it, then it's a good pitch. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, he needs to stick to a, a, a plan and know which pitch is working on certain days, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I also hear that you're an avid reader. I am. I've uh, I read my first book, my first spring training when I was bored out of my mind, and I've been mm -hmm. hooked ever since. So, yeah, I read quite a bit. So I, I, I often ask the players, what do they do on these long bus rides because they don't get to take airplane rides, and it's, <laughs> it's usually a long day. Uh, especially with the people down in Lakewood who do on those 14-hour bus oh. rides. So, so, is that something that you do? Do you read or do, on the on the bus ride? Do you work on things or do you play cards with the guys? What do you do? Uh, I split my time. I'll yeah. probably read half the time. I'll watch TV some, and then, you know, I can go over you know some video and things like that as well. Get a little bit of work done. Mm -hmm. uh, but mostly it, it's reading. What's your favorite minor league park to have played in as as a player? As a player. Let's see. Uh, I think they're all different. Uh, let's see. Back when I played, Oklahoma City was really nice in AAA. Mm -hmm. But I just played there as a visitor. As a, as a home guy, I mean, you know, I never really played in a really cool stadium as a home team. How about Major League Park? Major League, I'd have to say San Francisco. Yeah. It's, it's just it's a, it's a beautiful park. So what else can you tell us about the for a pitcher when you're coming here as a pitcher as a prospect? What is it about this stadium that pitchers have to look out for? Uh, the home run. Uh, 
the ball really flies here, and they say it gets worse as, as the summer heats up. Uh, so there's almost, you know, always a lot of home runs hit. Uh, we just have to, you know, deal with that and, you know, not walk the guys or make sure the home runs, you know, we do give up are solo. So, you know, we still have a chance to win the game. How about when you're down at Clearwater? Uh, down in Clearwater, it's just hot. I mean, every day it's hot and it's going to rain, you know, several times. Um, I love Clearwater, but, you know, that's, that's a tough league for a player because it just saps you out of out of uh, just daily. It's, you know, 95 plus humidity almost, you know, every day. Each, each different league seems to have a reputation of being a hitter's league or a pitcher's mm-hmm. league. Is there something to that or is it just – a generality that that the media has established for example the eastern league is known as a hitters league uh well i mean that's i think it varies by team by team because like richmond who we're playing now they they've got a they've got a pitcher spark uh you know harrisburg at times is you know it's a hitters park i mean ours is a hitters park i mean i, I think it varies i'd say the majority of the parks in this league are probably hitters parks mm-hmm uh, kind of like the majority of the teams in the uh, the international league are pitchers parks, uh, and then majority of the ones in the PCL which I played in are, are all hitters parks. You know, pretty much except for maybe three or four. So I, I think it you know it just depends on your geography and and the layout of the stadium as well. Mm-hmm. There, there's been talk among some of the pitchers um, about there being a different ball being used in the minor leagues this year. What have you noticed, if anything, about a different ball? Uh, with us, you know, that that's just in AAA. Mm-hmm. We're still using, you know, the same ball in AA and below. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've heard rumblings of, of the different stuff. But, I mean, that's, you know, they're using big league balls. And, in my opinion, you know, if you want to pitch in the big leagues, you need to use big league balls. So, what's, you know, so. For, for, people, for people who don't um, – know these kind of things. I, we learned it from Cole Irvin was talking about mm-hmm. the, the different balls and the seams. And he's another guy who seems like a thinking man's pitcher. Um, what do you do to, to adjust as a pitcher to the change in the ball? And what really is the difference between the minor league ball and, and the major league uh, ball? The major league ball is wound tighter. Mm-hmm. The core is a little bit harder, so the ball travels farther. Uh, the major league ball, and this is, I might be mistaken, but I'm, a, I'm pretty sure it's, it's uh, sewn by hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they use a, a higher quality leather materials or whatever, so it goes farther. Uh, the minor league balls are just not quite as as tight, so you know they. I mean, they still go a long ways if you hit them. But I'm just saying, in general, the the balls, the big league balls, are going to travel farther. Uh, depending, you know, the seams themselves. I mean. You know, the higher seams are going to usually mean more movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they vary from big league ball or minor league ball. It doesn't really matter, I think. Some are good, some are bad. Is it something the pitchers have to have to adjust to or they're cognizant of having to adjust to? They should, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because, like, typically the big league ball is not going to move or it may move more depending on the, the texture, whether it's rubbed up good or not. Uh, personally, I like throwing with the big league balls. I mean, I felt like I could get more spin on my, my fastball, more spin on my breaking stuff. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it is, you know, it is a difference. Well, before we let you go, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, ask you about the guy that you've already sent to the major leagues from Reading this year in J.D. Hammer. 
what was JT Hammer, JT Hammer like to have around here, and, and what, what can we expect from him as his major league career moves on? He was great. I mean, it was fun to watch. Um, you know, I had Hammer a couple years ago when we traded for him. Uh, he came to the Florida State League and had a very good uh, – well, I mean, he started off a little slow, but then he really picked it up and was really good. Uh, and had a phenomenal year that le- year in the fall league as well. And then last year he was hurt. But this year, I mean, he's did a phenomenal job, uses fastball. And I was kind of on him about using his changeup, you know, because I still want him to develop it. But, you know, he just didn't need it here. I mean, his fastball played that well. Uh, as long as he locates his fastball and, you know, he can throw a slider for a strike, at, you know, pretty much any time he wants to. Uh, I look for big things for JD to contribute, and hopefully in a in a pennant chase. JD seems like an interesting personality. What's he like to have in the bullpen? Ah, uh, he's hilarious. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you know, we all give him a hard time. You know, just because you look at him and he doesn't doesn't look like an athlete, so to speak. But I mean, he's very good at what he does. All right. Well, Aaron, thanks a lot for having us uh, at the Americas Classic Ballpark. All right. No problem. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So I thought it was interesting. Uh, it was I thought it was a great interview. Aaron told us a lot of information, and and it's interesting to hear how pitcher pitching uh, coaches deal with different pitchers. So if you remember last year, we talked to Steve Schrank about dealing with JoJo Romero's multitude of pitches, eight, nine, ten, right, however many he has. And so I asked him about, well, how are you dealing with that now that JoJo has has been assigned to Reading? And he said, well, I had him once before two years ago um, and he, at that time he only had five pitches apparently Jojo's working on this and and he said it's just a matter of, of working with him on what his best pitches are and getting his confidence up the more interesting one I thought was I asked him about David Parkinson and he described how he, he coaches him a little differently because Parkinson is really hard on himself And so, you know, people forget that every coach has to deal with this multitude of personalities, all that are different. You have to deal with each one in a different way in order to achieve the same result. I really enjoy when we get to talk to different managers and coaches, um, hear their philosophies and how they have to treat each player differently, although they're all in the same clubhouse. Although he did treat, when he was a player, treated everybody who was the youngest player in the bullpen similar. It took a while to get it out of him, but, you know, when he was with the Twins, he actually had people pull a wagon out to the bullpen, and then later came the Barbie back. You had a goal in that interview, and you got you got to talk about that. <laughs> Jeff, help me preview what's going to happen in the game following us tonight. So, you got a good one. You got Ramon Rosso. Uh, I think that's a pretty good matchup. So, he, Ramon Rosso is now 3-2 and two with a 3.35 ERA. I would suspect that the way things are going at AAA, Ramon Rosso may be the first AA pitcher that's going to go up there next. Um, so catch him while you can at Reading because I would suspect by the end of July, he'll, Ramon Rosso, if he keeps going on this path, will go up, which will also give room for Damon Jones to come up from Clearwater. The Fightins are 28-19 and 19 now in third place, a game back of the Trenton Thunder. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a log jam. Any last so. thoughts before? 
before we uh, turn it over to Greg and Kristen for the he, game? Here's my, my guru prediction. Jeff Singer is just dominating at double-A, 14 games, 3-0, and 1.40 ERA, 19 innings, pitch, 23 strikeouts. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Phillies bullpen continues to suffer with all these injuries and problems that Jeff Singer jumps to, to the majors. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be your lead in every Thursday night to the Reading Fightings here on 610 ESPN. We'll be back. Enjoy the ball games.